How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast, and welcome to our fourth live podcast, which is pretty awesome. Um, excuse me. Uh, essentially, uh, today we're just gonna we're gonna talk over a few things. First, I just wanted to go over a little bit of analytics. I'm actually, again, I don't really market my podcast that much. There have been many different ways people have found me. Friends, family have recommended me. That's predominantly where a lot of my listeners come from. But I have, on the occasion, promoted it on social media. And I know other businesses also do their own back-end promoting as well. And it's been pretty interesting to see... Um, just the regions where I have listeners from, I, I like. I occasionally look at this. I try not to follow the analytics too much, but you know, sometimes it's uh, it's worth looking at. So right here on the left, it shows the regions where a majority of my listeners are, are listening, or where all my listeners are listening from. And then here on the right shows the devices. I can uh, or, organize it by that way, or the platforms that people are listening to me on. And then you can see gender and the age range. So let's look at the geographic location. So 94% of my listeners are from the United States. Makes sense. You know, I'm from the United States. But I found, like, the rest of it pretty interesting. 1% is coming from Ireland. That's second place, which I honestly do not know a single person that lives in Ireland. I mean, I know of people that live in Ireland because I've met people from Ireland. But I know for a fact those people aren't my listeners. And I know that, like, I have no friends or family that live out in Ireland as well. But... My second most populated uh, um, region that listens to me at 1%. At less than 1%, Colombia is coming in there. That makes sense. I honestly thought Colombia was going to be second place. Look at me being wrong. <laughs> That's why you can never assume in life. Underneath that, United Kingdom. Makes sense. I have family that lives out in the United Kingdom, so that one made sense. New Zealand. That's my brother. Uh, and then maybe some of his friends. Germany. Pretty cool. Uh, maybe some friends of other people that live in the EU. Canada. I know a few people that live in Canada. Singapore. That one's pretty interesting. I have an idea of who those people could be. So essentially, um, the company I used to work for in the night, nightlife industry, Marquee, they opened up a uh, a location out in Singapore. It was their newest location, the newest Marquee that they opened up was out there in Singapore. And I, I know some of the people that I know that moved from Las Vegas to help open up the Singapore region. So those are honestly the only people I know that would be living out of Singapore. So that's pretty cool that you guys are listening to me. Uh, Brazil, that's probably my friend. Um, uh, one of my friends I used to work with at, at Marquis, his name's Gabe. He, um, his family's from Brazil, so I'm assuming he, and he, he does a pretty great job at, at promoting my stuff, which I'm super thankful of. And Nigeria coming in on last place, again, very surprising. Nigeria um, and Ireland were like the two biggest surprises, honestly, um, to the one person or however many people that are listening to me from Nigeria. Thank you. That's pretty cool. Spotify is the most, actually, excuse me, uh, Spotify is the most popular known podcasting platform that uh, most people are listening to me at 24%. Anchor, the platform I use to upload my podcast is at 12%. It's the one that I promote to everyone just because it's easy. Because if you go to Anchor's website, when I promote my podcast, it gives you links to all the other popular like platforms you can use to listen to my podcast. So fucking huge. Well, well, well. Hello. Thank you for uh, coming in. This time I did not miss you, by the way. Um, 
Next would be Apple Podcasts sitting at 8%. I don't know what Podcast Addict is. I've never heard of that platform, but that's sitting at 5%. So those people that are using that to listen to me, that's great. And then Other is 51%. Other, I'm not entirely sure. That's why when I look at devices, it kind of lets me know maybe where that's from, but it it doesn't. (laughs) So uh, a lot of my listeners are iPhone, website, uh, iPhone at 15%. Some people call me James. No, I know that, James. How you doing, buddy? The great. James the great. Love you, man. Thank you for coming in. Um, Android at 8%. Website, 10%. Smart speaker, which is pretty cool. If you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you could say, listen to Tongues Out Podcast, and you can listen to me on your smart speaker. So that's slowly growing. That was suffering at like 0.5%. Now it's at 2%. And then other, again, I have no idea what other is. <laughs> I mean, I don't know other ways outside of website, iPhone, Android, and smart speaker, but that's pretty cool, I guess. Um, Gender, predominantly female. So shout out to the ladies out there. Thank you guys so much for, or ladies, for listening to me at 77%. Men at 23 and not specified or not binary uh, at 0%. Age demographic, majority, sitting at 80%. People around my age group, 28 to 34, pretty interesting. Uh, at 6%, 23 to 27. And my actually my second most popular, excuse me, are people hovering between 45 and 59 at 9%. And then 35 to 44, 3%. And 18, 22, 1%. Under 17, 1%. So thank you for the one young person that's listening to me. That's pretty cool. Um, so yeah. Thought it would be cool to just kind of go over analytics. Uh, this is pretty cool that I get to see this. Like I said, I don't really follow it too much. I just upload my podcasts. I'm going to start getting better about managing, you know, and promoting this. It's something that I need to be doing. It's just it's been such a hectic month for me. Um, but anyways, I'm a wet white male, 6'9", 350 pounds. So, uh, James, I would probably put you, you're, you're definitely in that 23 percentile, uh, white male, your United States and the platform you're going to be using to listen to me plot twist. You're going to be using podcast addict. You seem like the type of person that would use the, the unheard of system to listen to a podcast because you're just so unique, my friend. Um, Next subject that I wanted to talk about uh, is, so I was a, like a letter, like mail. Oh, you're a piece of mail. <laughs> Funny enough, I actually want to get into using mail um, and doing snail mail. I bought a whole bunch of uh, envelopes and, and, and stamps and I'm going to be iPhone. Yeah, you're an iPhone user for sure. Um, I want to get in the habit of using, uh, like handwriting mail. And, and bringing that back. So if you have Spotify, got it. Thanks, man. That's awesome. Uh, if you have an address and you just want to send me your address, I'll send you, I'll send you a piece of mail, hand-tailored. I've been looking for people to send mail to. Um, anyways, you're probably wondering what this, this spin wheel is. You're probably assuming that I'm going to be deciding who the winner of the Super Bowl is going to be this year. You'd actually be wrong. 
So uh, I can't believe I'm going to be doing this, but I felt like it was right to do something as stupid as this on my my live stream podcast. But I was a Carolina uh, Panthers fan for a long time. Well, not long time since Cam Newton was quarterback there. We could talk about Cam Newton outside of football. Like I, I think some of the stuff that he does is pretty ridiculous. Um, he does do some pretty nice things for the community, but he's still kind of out there as a character for me. So I don't relate with him in that way, but I was always impressed with the way he used to play football. But, um, I was a big anti-Patriots fan. (laughs) I would always root against the Patriots, no matter who they played against. Even teams that beat me on my weekends, I would still root for them over the Patriots. Don't ask me why. I just was always that person. I wanted to root against them. Um, Nothing against Tom Brady, and actually, we have a lot in common. He's a vegan. I'm a vegan, and that's about it. You too. Interesting. That's awesome. Um, I don't know. Me too and what? Like, me too on the hating the Patriots? Yeah, that's just, just – I'm always that person that used to be at, like, the bar, always, like, shouting against the Patriots, and people would hate my guts. But anyways, um, Cam Newton left, and he went to the Patriots, and that kind of just destroyed it for me. I really only followed the Panthers because I was a Cam Newton fan. Uh, there are other players that I, I do enjoy on that team, but uh, I follow teams based off of like their lead players. Like I'm a Barcelona fan, for instance, just because Lionel Messi's on that team. I love soccer. But he's planning on leaving that that um, team very soon. Like His contract ends next year, and he's going to be leaving. No one knows where he's going to be going. But uh, I'm going to follow him with to wherever team he goes because I'm more loyal to that player than I am to the team. I'm one of those weird people that is like that. I can understand for a lot of people, like football is like a family heritage. It's like my dad was like a, a, a Ravens fan and that makes me a Ravens fan. And then my children will be Ravens fans. I get that. Trust me. I, I think that's kind of cool. But me being first generation American, that's just not my story. My, neither one of my parents is into football and so I'm the first person that enjoys football. And so I had to find a team that I wanted to enjoy. I'm from Florida, so logically you would think I would want like a like Tampa, Jacksonville, or Miami. But none of them are good teams. Tom Brady's at uh, at Tampa now, and they're probably going to do good. But I'm just not going to root for Tampa because I'm East Coast and Tampa is West Coast. And we just don't enjoy each other. <laughs> so no offense, Tampa. But anyways, um, so I need to find a new team. These three teams... Well, two of them I enjoy watching play. One of them just happens to be in the city that I live in, and I felt like it was uh, deserving for the Las Vegas Raiders to be on there. No, I've been a Panthers fan for a hot minute. A lot of people say that they're the Orlando Magic of football. They really are because they got so much hype and are more prominent in the NFL at times when they're not even winning. They bring out great players that get some clout and they leave. Strange thing. Sorry, this is long. No worry, James. I I totally agree with you. Uh, but like for again for me, I just I I'm not from Carolina, and and nothing about Carolina. I mean, I've been to Carolina like like both Carolinas just maybe like twice in my life. So, um, and I've seen maybe one Panthers game live, and it wasn't in Carolina. Always wanted to see one, but I just never had a chance to. Um, so yeah, the reason why I added Las Vegas on here, I'm not a Raiders fan, never been a Raiders fan. Uh, they're kind of interesting to watch sometimes. But I mean, I live in Las Vegas at the moment. This is the first year that they are part of Las Vegas. And I, I felt like it would be some level of disrespect if I didn't put them on this list. But they're definitely not going to be my first choice. They're going to be my last choice of these three. But the other two, I'm, 
on and off with. Like the Ravens have always been a team that I've always enjoyed watching. It was like if I didn't land on the Panthers, the Ravens would have been the team a long time ago when I first got into football. When was that? I was like 22 years old, so eight, nine, no, it's nine years ago. Um, seven years ago? Sorry. Well, I cannot do my math right now. 22, 11 years ago. Jeez, wow. It's been a long day for me, excuse me. Anyways, 11 years ago when I picked my first football team, um, you know, the Ravens were up there, but I just enjoyed Cam Newton. I thought he, he played phenomenally his first year, and so I wanted to follow him. And he helped me win my first uh, fantasy football league. That's actually how I got into football. I had him as a, as a quarterback, and he was recommended to me by a friend um, as a pick because no one picked him because he was a rookie quarterback. And KC, baby. Yeah, Kansas City for sure, man. They're interesting to watch. That game today was great, dude. That game was awesome to watch against the Chargers. Um, but I... um didn't pick the Ravens ultimately. And I picked the Panthers because Cam Newton just blew up that year. And so I followed him until he wanted to betray me and, and go to the Patriots, which I mean, I can understand why he left. they never built a team around him. They tried, but they never could build a, a good team around Cam Newton. And I don't know if the Patriots will ever be that for him, but we'll see. So that's why the Ravens are on here because I, like I said, I've always, I've always enjoyed watching them. They're a big running team. They've always had a good defense. Um, I don't think they've ever made it to the Super Bowl. Or yeah, they did. They did against the Patriots, actually. What year was that? Was that 2000? Was that 2013, 2012? I can't remember. I think it was 2012 when they made it, but they lost to the Patriots. I live here in the nuts. It's nuts. <laughs> um. Oh, like, you live in Kansas City? Oh, I bet, man. I bet it's so insane to watch games. Dude, I was so happy to see... Uh, Mahomes win last year. That was such a, a awesome year for Kansas City. Honestly, I'll never forget the the third week game between the Kansas City Ram or Kansas City Chiefs versus the uh, LA Rams. Wow, that was an insane game, back and forth, high high scoring game, horrible defense, but just tons of points going on the board. It was really awesome to watch. Um, and that's why I put the Chiefs on there because they're just super fun to watch. But actually, the Ravens and the Chiefs, I think, are going to be a phenomenal two teams to watch. I'm so I didn't know who to pick. Uh, I was really between the Ravens and the Chiefs is the team. The Chiefs also have my favorite color. Red is my favorite color. The Ravens have my my wife's favorite color. Her favorite color is uh, purple. And so I think either way we'll we'll appreciate whichever team we're gonna pick. Uh, I really hope that this spin doesn't land on on the Raiders. And I, I told myself on like before I started this that if it lands on the Raiders, I'm gonna respin it. If it lands on the Raiders twice. I'm going to figure out a way to go watch a Raiders game and live stream that um, when when COVID disappears. <laughs> but uh, I will buy tickets to a game that I don't want to watch and go watch it. So I have a, I have a one in three. I have a one. In, what is that? One in nine chance that that's going to happen. So I hope that's not going to happen. I'm really hoping for uh, the Ravens or the Chiefs. We'll see um, who it's going to be, but we're going to do it now. I don't want to look, uh, but we're going to spin the wheel in three, two, one. No, freak. No, it landed on the Raiders. Okay, shit. Um, so I'm going to re-spin the wheel. 
I'm really hoping it doesn't land on them again. This is horrible luck. Man, that's... <laughs> oh, here we go. I'm going to do it again. Three, two, one. And uh, by the way, for, for everyone that's watching, um, I know what you're thinking. Oh, shit. Did it really go to... Um, uh, to the Raiders? No, it didn't. <laughs> it, it went to Kansas City. Thank God. Woo! So we are now Kansas City Chief fans. Um, James, I know you're super excited to see that. Uh, my wife is watching my stream. That's hilarious. So, uh, Catherine, we're we're now Kansas City Chiefs fans. Let's go. Here we go. Mahomes, I hope he wins it again this year. I, I, I think he's a fun... Dude, that sidearm throw that he had, that 50-yard throw that he had uh, against the Chargers today, wow, what a throw, dude. That was honestly, like, really awesome. But, so, yeah, uh, we are now Kansas City Chiefs fans. Sorry, Panthers, you guys are retired. I will own, always own my, my Cam Newton jerseys. Um, I'll put them away, lock them up. Maybe it'll be worth something in the future if he wins multiple Super Bowls. <laughs> let's go what's up danu my wife's brother's watching as well um so yeah anyways so uh yeah now now uh if you guys hear me talk about kansas city chiefs that's because i'm a new fan of theirs super excited about that they hand out uh, kansas city chief flags at mcdonald's here on game day call it red day yo james i will pay you for shipping if you get me one of those flags from mcdonald's and if you want to send it to me i'll send you my address Please, I think that would be so awesome. I need to get a, a a jersey now, so we'll be ordering one of those soon. My next subject, actually, uh, before we get to this subject, actually, uh, I want to just enter and uh, just throw in. So I was talking to to my parents today. I don't really talk to my parents too too much. I've been trying to do a lot better about reaching out to them. I'm really bad about reaching out to friends and family members. And I know, especially during COVID right now, most people have a lot more additional free time. My family's doing really well for themselves and, 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 and they're doing great. But before the whole pandemic, uh, before everything, <laughs> thanks, James. I'll send you my address in a little bit. Um, I, uh, I would rarely call them and I would really only wait for anyone to ever reach out to me to kind of let them know how I was doing. I would just assume most people would just reach out to me and, and people did, but I always felt bad because they always had to do that. But anyways, the reason why I'm talking about this is because uh, I'm from a small hometown in Florida. It's a small retirement town. It's called New Samarna Beach. It's a beautiful, the most beautiful beach in, in, in Florida, to be honest. I feel like it's on a small little island off the East Coast, 20 minutes south of Daytona Beach. Uh, it's been known as the shark capital of the world in the early 2000s. There are a lot of sharks out there. It's because... Uh, the popular um, St. John's River out of Florida, it flows north. It's one of the one of only four rivers in the world that flows north and actually flows and exits out of New Samarna. And actually, that's the thing that divides New Samarna from Daytona Beach because technically we would be connected, but we're not. And uh, it's a great area to go surfing at. It's it's like I said, it's just a phenomenal areas. Uh, really expensive, really 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 expensive to live there, but really nice. Anyways, my parents own uh, two of the most popular bars and restaurants out there. And so 
my family is well known in that area, and it's like I said, it's a very small town, so most people knows knows everyone. Uh, it is becoming a lot more popular as a touristic spot, which kind of sucks because when you go there during the summer, there's a lot of traffic. There's only one way into that city. And it's always bogged up. So it takes like an hour to get into a town that normally would only take like five minutes to get into it. But um, it's funny. Every time I reach out to my parents or they reach out to me, they always like update me on like what's going on with them. And I always enjoy listening to things that they talk about. But I I think this has just become such a normality for my family. And they're probably going to hate that I'm bringing this up. But I'm just bringing it up in general because I'm using it as a way to leverage into – um, and to just something I've noticed that a lot of people just do in general, and that is uh, drama. And my, I don't want to make it sound like as if my family, all they do is talk drama. They don't. But because they're in a bar, restaurant area, they constantly hear stories from a lot of friends and people that they know, and, you know, including my other brothers and, and other relatives of theirs. It's almost like every other conversation I hear something where I, I like I today I was my mom was telling me about a funny story about something that happened to one of my brothers and I was telling my mom I, I was trying to come up with like a solution to the issue that she was talking about and I was telling her I was like you know what actually mom you know what would be the best solution for you is if you took all your cell phones you took your phones you destroyed them and then locked yourself in a house and never talked to anyone I think that would be the best solution to your problems uh, James, you love drama. I'm going to get to that in just a second because you're not unique in that sense because I feel like 99% of people enjoy drama. Um, I, and, and she was like, no, like I, like draw, like we don't, we don't have drama in our lives. And I was like, yeah, I mean, if anyone got used to, like, if someone lived in, like, if, if you lived in, in North Korea, you would go over there as someone like from here and, and ask the average person in North Korea, like, how do you, do you enjoy your life? And they would be like, yeah, we love our, we love the Supreme Commander Kim Jong-un and we love our life here in North Korea. When they're struggling, they're struggling to do anything and they're like, they're super skinny. You'd be like, what are you, what's going on? And it's, and the reason why they're okay with that is because that's always how they've lived their life. And the point I'm getting at is that like when you live your life a certain way and you've always lived it that way, it just becomes a normality to you. You kind of block out the uh, a lot of the the things that are connected to what what would normally bother you, because you're just so used to it. Because you've just been so uh, exposed to to the stuff. And when I heard my mom like say like, "Oh, it doesn't bother her," I was like, "Well, it's probably because you're just always you guys are always exposed to drama all the time." I feel like you guys would have like my my. My family is retired. They really could do whatever they wanted to do. But I feel like they kind of just allow themselves. And my hometown is notorious for drama because it's, like I said, it's just a small little island off the east coast of Florida. And and everyone's retired out there. And everyone's just doing the same thing. They're going fishing. They're going to the beach. They're enjoying a rich lifestyle. And so they kind of think of like the like the small problems of my hometown and they make it sound like as if it's like, global scale issues and it's just so funny to listen to half the time and i love my hometown i think it's beautiful i can't stand the people so much um but i i love i I honestly think that where i grew up was like one of the most beautiful areas on the east coast but um it's just the, the drama i can't stand it like half the time when i listen to people they always talk about these issues as if they're like a big deal and but i i i have to realize something that and I, I'm just so exposed to that because I 
like when I go out there, like a lot of people know my family. So I'm kind of exposed to a lot of people in my hometown and I like to go out and I like to enjoy myself. And I love to, to put, you know, drinks on my stepfather's bar tab <laughs> uh, and he hates me for that. But, and I love to put other people's tabs on, on my tab. That's his tab. Um, but <laughs> I'm only supposed to get half off, but I don't do that. I abuse that. Uh, sorry, dad. Um, anyways, uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't live out there. So I think he okays it. Like if I was living out there, I think I would be barred from, from the family restaurants to be honest. But, um, I, I, I think it's just because of this, the environment and how small of an area it is. And you would see the same faces all the time. They're kind of like, man, this person only talks about that. But when I think about it more, when I look at my social media, when I, when I talk to my friends in, in my area here in Las Vegas, a lot of people kind of enjoy talking about drama. And I've actually appreciated during this pandemic that I've tried my best to really minimize my exposure to people. And I think one of the reasons why I don't like reaching out to people is because I feel like a lot of them have issues that they want to get off their, off their chest and want other people to listen to. And I understand why that's healthy and that's good. Like you should be doing that. You should be having friends that you can do that for. And I, I feel like for myself, though, it's not reciprocated back. And I, I feel like I'm almost talking to a therapist at this point. But, you know, my podcast deserves to hear my thoughts sometimes. But when I reach out to people, I try to share like fun facts, news, uh, things that are going on with my life. And I try to minimize if I ever can, any negative news about me, because I think that everyone else has issues that they need to deal with more so than I do. And so I know I'm fully capable of dealing with my problems that I have. And so I try not to put that on other people because I don't want people to feel like as if, uh, like I need assistance because I wouldn't want them to be in that position. I would maybe want some people to listen to some of the things I have going on in my life, but Honestly, I try to keep my life as positive as possible. I try to minimize the stresses I have. But, you know, life is life. Life will always throw curveballs at you and you'll have those things. And I'll try to cope with them as best as I can. And if sometimes I can't, then I'll reach out to people. But I feel like it's not reciprocated evenly. And I feel like because of that, I tend to not want to reach out to people because I feel like when I do, they... And to those friends that do reach out to me. This is nothing against you. And if you feel like I'm saying like, all you do is talk drama to me. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. Um, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't reach out to me and, and ask for help when you really need help. The thing that really bothers me is when people talk about issues that they are not in control of, like when they talk about other people and how other people do st stupid things. And I'm not talking about like politics or, or the government or anything like that, that I can entertain. I'll enjoy talking about that. But like, when they talk about like Susan in their office that does something weird, it's like, okay, like, have you tried talking to Susan, you know, and, and then they just rant about this one person that bothers them. And I'm like, well, you know, have you tried talking to them, like telling them like how this bothers you? No. And I'm just going to go tell you about it because somehow that's going to fix the issue. And then I hate hearing it repeated. Like I hate like a week later getting a phone call and hearing about the same issue again. It's like a pet peeve of mine. I cannot stand it at all. But um, I feel like society has just been exposed to drama for so long that we've all become like my parents where we don't understand that drama is just a normal course in our life because we've just 
exposed ourselves so much to it. We watch television and we love watching drama on television. I mean, name them, like, look at what the History Channel became, uh, like a drama series, pretty much. Like, look at any television series channel or television channel. It's all drama. That's why I don't even pay for live television because I feel like all of it, it's all drama now. Like, keeping up with the Kardashians, drama. Um, people just enjoy that. I, I, I've never understood why because everyone's life is complicated. And I think one of the reasons why is because people want to see someone else suffer more than them so they can at least feel a little bit better about the situation that they're in. And I don't think that's the right way you should ever perceive life. Like if you're in a position where you're not happy, you should really try your hardest to try to get yourself out of that position and 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 fix it. You shouldn't try to hide it with exposing yourself to other people's stresses or like other people's drama. Um, and I feel like for a majority of people, that's what they're doing. Like when I look at people that are exposing themselves all the time to drama, it's because of that. It's because like something's going on in their life, either a relationship, their children, their work, something is really just sucking up their mental capacity. Dude, even ESPN, dude, everything, honestly, everything is becoming drama. Every single thing. My podcast could sometimes come off that way, but I'm really just trying to address and solve issues as best as I can. And I'm, I might be, I might be venting, but I'm, I'm trying to at least solve the issue at the same time. I'm never the type of person that tries to like bring up a problem and at least doesn't try to come up with solutions. And then if those solutions don't work, you know, not reciprocating to hearing what other people have to like I would never have a problem with you just skipping out on me talking about whatever. Like if you ever wanted to tell me like Jason stop talking about drama if that's what I'm doing, by all means, I'll stop it. Like I don't want to be that type of person. I don't think I am. I don't think a lot of people I think a lot of people like me as a friend because I don't I think that's one of the qualities why I have so many friends is because I make people laugh and I don't expose them to a lot of drama. And because I, I could see why some people don't gravitate towards other people because they're just full of drama. And I, I agree with you, James. I, I feel like ESPN and a lot of other networks, like every network has has some level of just like, oh my God, like the news. The news is just drama. I, literally, the news is the worst. Do not watch the news. Like if you're watching the news, get your news information from legitimate sources, from the actual source. Don't get it through these popular networks. I've already done a podcast earlier this week talking about how like where I get my news from is uh, right now, majority of it comes from Rising from the Hill, which is a, a news uh, organization out of D.C., out of Washington, D.C. But the way that they do the news is very objective. It's very um, – they're willing to attack both political parties. Steve Nash, oh, my God. Uh, like Steve, I, I've never understood watching Steve Nash. Honestly, like there, he's got such a fan base. But this guy, I mean, he's funny to watch sometimes. But he is just the was because his white privilege, and now it's just nuts. Started it was because his white privilege, and now it's just nuts. Like everything is so political and drama now. You can't can't live. Yeah. And honestly, like I've seen a lot of like a lot of drama out of ESPN. But it's because people – it makes sense. Like if everyone is exposed to drama and and people are watching drama stuff, right, then what's going to make networks a lot more money and get more exposure and get more of a larger audience is doing more drama. But look, people, life is difficult. It's very difficult for everyone right now. It's really difficult. 
I'm in no capacity to tell you how hard your life is right now because I'm not in your shoes. Some people are, are really struggling and, and I can never empathize with that. I've been in that kind of position a long time ago in my life. I've lost, uh, I had uh, a horrible breakup with my first girlfriend, lost my job during the financial crisis, couldn't get rehired again, sold everything I had. I had to live with my parents for a few weeks before I got a, a good job and restarted my life again. And that was in my, my when I was in my 20s, like right before I turned 21. And I really, at that young of an age, having horrible credit and everything just really sucked the life out of me. And I, and, and I was an introvert which made it even worse. I didn't know how to socialize with people. And so, um, but I, I mean, again, I didn't have a family. So it was a little bit easier for me to kind of come out of that than it is for a, a, a family that's struggling at the moment. And I, again, I, I don't know what that could be like. I've never been in that position. I hope I never am or will get in that position. But at the same time, though, what makes humans so unique is our resilience and our ability to solve issues and overcome obstacles. So I feel like for a lot of people, it's better if we take the focus away from focusing on, on how shitty other people's lives are, because that's a horrible way of looking at things as well. It's like, why make yourself feel better by someone else's shitty life? That's, I, I, I hate that perspective. It's like, why, why can't we just like, like uplift ourselves by looking at other great things that other people are doing. I feel like that should be what what a majority of society does. And but instead people look at it in a form of jealousy. It's like why be jealous of, of someone that's happy? Like as long as they're not hurting people and they're contributing and giving back to society, that's nothing to be jealous about. That's something to to replicate and and to appreciate because if it weren't for people like that, we would be living in a, a, a hellhole. I mean the earth already is pretty shitty as is with all the corruption and all like the, the climate issues and all like the the inequalities and wealth. <clears throat> it, it's it's insane, all the negatives that you could talk about in this world. But you can block all that stuff out by seeing a good people out there that are trying their best to kind of outshine that negative news. And and I really always appreciate seeing that that stuff. You know, I, I am guilty of seeing like bad things happen to people and, and be like, man, that sucks. And, and I, I should use that as evidence sometimes in life of where I don't want to be in. And I even feel horrible about doing something like that, but I don't feel pleasure from looking at people suffering. I, I've never understood that. And that's one of the reasons why I just don't enjoy drama. And so, yeah, I, I think for a lot of us, we need to. And so I feel like uh, because one of my biggest goals in life is that year over year, I want to try my hardest to cut my level of stress in half every single year. And if I can do that, I feel like I've accomplished something in life. Like if I feel like the year before I was less stressed than I am now, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. I'm going backwards. And so I feel like if I keep doing that, living my life that way, uh, I'll become more of a minimalist. I'll, 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 I'll need less things in life. I'll appreciate more things in life when I see them and I'm exposed to them and I'll distance myself away from people that are really going to um, negatively impact me as well. But yeah, I just wanted to talk about that next. Uh, I didn't really plan on, on talking about that at all uh, to my parents. Again, it's no offense to you guys. You're just the, 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 the most recent people I just got off the phone talking to. And it's something that it's no 
it's part of your lifestyle. And I understand that it's because like in the hospitality industry already, that's a drama filled industry. It really is. Um, and so when you own a hospitality business or two, of course you're going to be exposed to drama. I just don't feel like it's healthy in life. And I've always told my parents that they should just really retire, retire and go, you know, travel the world. And my parents travel a lot, but I feel like they're in a capacity to travel. I mean, COVID is a thing, but before COVID, they should have been like never living in their house. Like I would be off doing a million things. But anyways, that's that. Talking about, you know, living in a house. One of, uh, so I talked about last week. It's your fault, James. It's not your fault, man. It's, it's, we, we're all part of the problem. And I think we all could solve our own issues. So at the end of the day, it's, it's no one's fault. It's everyone's fault. <laughs> It's not one single person. I think one, some people have more control of, of the, the, the stressors in most people's lives, like politicians, for instance, celebrities, maybe if you're, if you're following a celebrity, billionaires, like those people probably have, or not probably, they definitely have a higher level of, of control over things that might stress you out, but, um, Honestly, at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to stress you out more than anything else is yourself. Like if you allow certain things to happen in your life, that's that's predominantly your fault. But um, so I guess, yes, like your own personal stress is your own fault, but you're not you're not causing any stress for anyone else. I love you, James. You're you're a great person. Um, Like one of my most loyal followers, honestly, I've always appreciated you, man. Um. The next thing I want to talk about are homes. So last week I talked about how a dream of mine would be to live out of an RV, a traveling van, not an RV, but traveling van. And I've really wanted to do that. Me and my wife wanted to kind of use that as an opportunity to travel all around the U.S. uh, before we had our daughter. But after having her, any anyway, LOL, I'm out. Have a sweet cast. Toodaloo. (laughs) See you, James. Uh, Good luck on your streams, man. I tune in as best as much as I can when I have the free time, man. But keep it up. Don't, don't stop doing that for sure. But thanks again for, for being a part of it, man. Um, and I'll send you my address. Just, you know, let me know how much it is and and I'll pay you for sure. Um, but I actually did a little bit more research and not that I would not be willing to do it. I would, but I think that's more of a lifestyle to do when I'm retired. Trying to do that with a family is going to be a little bit difficult, um, so the next thing that I've always wanted to do in life that I think is a little bit more feasible for a family is uh, I've always appreciated people that have built and lived out of self-sustaining houses. And so what a self-sustaining house is, is essentially a house that uh, gets all of its power, all of its resources and everything from the land that you're on. It's free. Yes, it's free. It's freedom. Self-sustaining homes is freedom. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to live out of a van. It was because I felt like that was the closest thing to freedom as well, because you can live anywhere and you could go anywhere you want. But that's not necessarily the truth, because when you think about it, having a mobile home that moves, like imagine if your house was constantly going through an earthquake, but like minor tremors. I mean, I don't know, depending if you drive over a pothole, that might be a big earthquake. There are a lot of rattling happens in a house that's going to cause some things to break eventually. And I just don't want to have to deal with like, I don't think my family wants to deal with that as well, of like dealing with having to repair 
things and and having to like also knowing that anyone could just like break into your home and just take your home as well it's just i don't know i don't want to be in that position so uh this is the next best thing and so yes so self-sustaining homes essentially where everything you need comes from the home we're going to be looking at a home today that is beyond what i ever think i might be able to ever afford because i'm not a capitalist i mean i mean I've enjoyed capitalism. Uh, I don't want to feed into the idea of capitalism. I think it can improve. Uh, I'm not a, a, a money hungry person. I've never, I used uh, maybe for a little bit in my life, I was like, cool, look at all the money I have. But I mean, honestly, I've never been the type of person that really chased a lot of wealth. I'd, to, to me, it was more valuable as time. But if I value time a lot, I'm not going to be maximizing on on capitalizing on 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 income because it really requires a lot of hard work, and I'm just not willing to do that kind of work. I'd rather just appreciate every second I have in my life. Not to say that to all of you people that are hard workers and are one day looking to retire at 40, 50, 60, hey, kudos to you. That's great. You know, I I always respect people that are hard workers, and uh, I've. A lot of my mentors are those type of people that that have become really great in the fields that they work in, but it's just not for me. Like I, I see the way that they live. But um, <laughs> my wife's adorable. Uh, so the house we're going to be looking at is a three million dollar house. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's a bigger square footage than I, I really would need. So, uh, but my dream is something like this. So it, I guess what I'm, what I'm looking for, I mean, I could build it myself, but I'm not the type of person to build. So I'm going to have to come up with this money somehow. So if there is an aspiration for me to work hard, save money and, and I, I live a frugal life, I've been trying to live a better frugal life. So, uh, we could have things like this, but, um, you know, or maybe in the future, this type of level of living will probably become cheaper as well. So this is this house was built in 2007. I'm assuming I could build it a lot smaller, a lot cheaper with better technology and get away with it. Uh, and I'm going to go into first, like what makes this home self-sustaining. And then afterwards, uh, we'll go into ideally where I would want to live. Because even though this house is $3 million, the area it's in, in Arizona... I don't think it's an ideal place to live in in the future. I think in like 10 years, Arizona is going to be so hot. I would not want to live there, especially when a lot of these self-sustaining homes require a lot of the the airflow from the outside to kind of create conventional uh, AC in the house via the way it's it's structured and built. And there is ways to do that where you don't have to use a lot of your air conditioning. Um, so anyways, this house is, is gorgeous. If you're, if you're watching this on, on YouTube, this house is essentially the type of house that can, uh, it's a 4,500 square foot house. Honestly, I'd be very comfortable living in something a third that size. So like 1,500 square feet, three bedroom, two bath, perfect for me. My wife wouldn't want this, but I'd be okay with a two bedroom, two bath, 1,200 square foot place, to be honest. Um, but she probably wouldn't want that because she would want an office. But I feel like, you know, I can make my office anywhere. I don't need to have a legitimate office. Um, but, yeah. Anyways, um, this house is beautiful. But this house is made out of a lot. I think what makes it so expensive is just the level of the way it was built. I mean, it's 
high quality quality material. I love this uh, like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy mural or whatever this is in one of the the hallways. It's kind of weird for a house like this, but it's a beautiful house. Beautiful, beautiful house for a three bedroom, four bath house. Being this massive, it's a massive place. But um, I, I want the same kind of level of care that was put into this house, but in a smaller place. Like, I don't need a lot of this stuff. I don't need a big garage. I need a very small garage, just a one-car garage. Uh, outside grill would be nice. This, <laughs> I guess they have a whole bunch of land. That's what makes it so expensive. I don't feel like I would need that much land. I would just need enough land where I could grow, like, enough vegetation for myself outside. Um, or even do, like, a hydroponic in- indoor, like a uh, like a greenhouse. That would be super cool. I would... I would easily pay for a smaller place and have a greenhouse next door. And a lot of these self-sustaining homes actually have that. That's where they get a lot of their vegetation from is like a greenhouse that they have. But having like a greenhouse as a hydroponic system would be pretty awesome. But these, like if you read, uh, and I'll link this house in in the description of, of this podcast. But essentially, if you read, a lot of this stuff is like very energy efficient. Uh, a lot of power is gained from solar. Um like the gas that you get, that you use in the house, actually comes from your byproduct, from your your poop, <laughs> from your digestive stuff. Um, and like, if if you can make that system work and user friendly, and um, yeah, that's that's the kind of house I would want. I I want a house where I'm not required to be connected to a grid. And then at that point, I would make sure I have a, a ton of security in the house. You know, I'm not again. Big thing for anyone, if you ever want to talk about security, number one rule, if you ever want to talk about security, never talk about specifics. That's a vulnerability. So if I lived in a self-sustaining home, I would have things in there that would guarantee protection for myself and my family, but I'm not going to go into detail what those things are. You could do your own assumptions, let your minds race, but I'm not going to go into that stuff. But I would definitely make sure that security is, like to me, security is the most important thing. Um, but like I said, Arizona is not a good place to live in. So I was thinking to myself, well, where could I live in? Where do I think it's going to be the best places to live in America? And honestly, this is a very difficult question because I don't know how hot it's going to be. I was having a discussion with my parents earlier today about this subject and, and, um, we don't see eye to eye on this subject. I, I feel like on certain things. I mean, they do understand that the, the climate's getting hot, but you know, it's going back and forth and debating with them uh, about like if that's man-made or not. It is, but <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. I think after enough conversations with me, I think they're kind of leaning on 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 my thoughts on it. But anyways, I was talking to them, and I was talking about how we live in a, a vicious cycle right now where. Every time we turn on the AC and we're utilizing more AC to, to cool our air because it's getting so hot outside, everyone knows your electric bill, a vast majority of your electric bill comes from your air conditioning, your heater, your air conditioning. The more we use this, the more we're taking energy from dirty resources. A majority of, of the electricity that comes to us is coming. Las Vegas is a little bit different. It's, it's, it's hydro. I feel like it's coming from the dam um, and solar but I know for a fact that we're burning coal as well out here. And I, I feel like a, a majority of states are burning coal or using natural gas. And both of those are not sustainable 
for the climate itself. Natural gas is a little bit better than coal, but still it's not good. And so as we're consuming more AC, you're using up more energy and more energy costs us more things that are causing the planet to have this greenhouse effect that's affecting the climate even more, which then causes you to need to use more AC. And in, in regions that are, are like where we're at right now, I feel like the the closer you are to the equator, the more exponentially hot it's going to get. And so I don't foresee myself living in Nevada. And I'm, eventually I feel like I'm going to have to move north to get the same level of, of climate that I used to enjoy when I was a kid in Florida. Like I don't ever remember my thermostat ever going above 100 when I was a kid. And it's crazy now, like uh, with humidity, it can get above that a lot out there. And I don't know how people can live in that. And then the other thing, too, is I don't know how AC can cool. Like, it has a finite capability. Like, after a while, your AC machine that you have outside can only cool so much. Like, those, most people have just a regular AC unit that's pretty small. You No one has, like, these industrial-based AC units. A, they're expensive, and B, they're so massive and loud. I don't even know how we would do it in, like if it ever got so hot. That's another thing to think about. But so if I were to build a house like this, I would have to think to myself, where do I want to live? Normally, I would have said like Washington State. It's got clean air. It's got a lot of green. It rains a lot. So I have a lot of water. That's another thing, too, where you get your water from is a lot of hydration in the air. And there's different ways you can collect uh, moisture and humidity out of the air and also when it rains. And Washington would fulfill this. So I would get a lot of vegetation. I'll have a lot of water. And, you know, I feel like if you're surrounded by trees a lot, then you would have good quality air. We have an issue, though. Recently, in the last month, all of the West Coast, California, Washington State, Oregon, and um, am I forgetting one? No. Um, All have been exposed to high levels of toxic air because of all the fires that have been going on on the West Coast. You know, the issues that we're dealing with right now with the, the planet warming up is, is flooding into these these higher elevated areas. And so at this point, I have to entertain the idea like something like Canada, for instance, where it's like really up there in the north. I really feel like Canada in like 20 years is going to be like the new, um, I don't know, you know, Midwest state. There's no really fun Midwest Midwest state. Sorry, guys, but might become the new wash like New Oregon, for instance. Like Oregon or Washington State would be like the two states I would want to live in, but I don't know if I can live there. Like, uh, what good is it to have a self-sustaining home with toxic air out there? Like, I'm gonna have to get a HEPA filters and make sure a lot of these houses require that they're very uh, absorbing of of outside everything, so they're they're very. Um, what is the word I'm looking for? They're very, uh, shit. I cannot think of the word right now. Porous. Sorry. Porous. So, uh, you know, they're, they're definitely taking in a lot of air and with, with the way that they're, they're built, they're able to kind of create like flowing air and things of that nature. So it doesn't require a lot of electricity issue with that though is that like if you have toxic air out that's going to be flowing into your your place because it's not well insulated now you have toxic air not just outside but inside your property and a lot of those people got exposed to really dangerous levels of toxicity from all that smog from the smoke 
And so I don't know now. Like, I don't even know where I would live. It would have to be the Midwest, but there's no green areas in the Midwest. I mean, outside of maybe the Dakotas. And I feel like a lot of rich people are actually moving to those areas. I didn't notice, but there's actually a lot of rich neighborhoods that are are built in these regions. And a lot of people go out there whenever they feel in danger and they take their private helicopters or their private jets and they fly out into these areas where there's like nuclear silos and they, they can live underground and feel safe. Some of them have like nice ranches that like are super far away from people that have their own airstrip where they can land at. And I can see why rich people have built in those regions because as it gets hotter, it's probably going to be better to live in those areas. And if you have the money, you can afford to have people care for the, the area while you're not there living your you know, extravagant lifestyle in New York City or, or in Los Angeles or Miami. I don't ever foresee myself having that level of wealth. And so I'm going to have to make this decision based more so on the fact that like if I move there and I'm going to commit to building a house like this and owning stuff like this, that I'm going to have to make a good long-term decision on where that I want that to be. And honestly, I'm not entirely sure, but this is something I want to work on. And um, I'm calling it project, um, what I call it? Project Green for myself. Like I want to do more research on self-sustaining homes. I want to get away from living in a van. It was a cool week and a half of researching that. And I've talked, I talked about it in many podcasts. My last live podcast, I talked a lot about the van that I would want to buy and, and how much I want to live there. And you see, that's the beauty of myself, right? Uh, that I actually enjoy a lot is that I might have something and think, that's what I want. And, uh, and like, I want to do that, but I don't allow myself to, to ever allow my past self to dictate a future decision I make because I'm the type of person that if I get exposed to facts and research and things of that nature, I'm willing to, to break off. That's why like uh, my wife doesn't enjoy it a lot. When I, when I talk about like, I want to do something and then like three days later, a week later, a month later, a year later, I don't do it. And she's like, you always say you want to do things and you never do it. And I think a majority of the time it's because I've learned a little bit more about the thing or I've exposed myself in, in different ways to it. Or I've evolved and changed as a person enough where I just don't want to commit to that kind of idea anymore. And so who knows, this might change, but I've always kind of appreciated self-sustaining homes. I've always enjoyed the aspect of it. This is like one of those things where like it's just like van life. And again, like I said, I need to do more research on it. I need to see the difficulties. I need to do more research on people that have these type of homes now um, to see if they enjoy the type of lifestyle that they get out of it. But I want to I want to hear it from people that have like houses like this more so than people that are building. There's a type of home that uh, became very popular. They're called Earth Homes, I think, and uh, Earth Ships. Excuse me. Um, and um, these have gotten really negative reviews because essentially these are like biodegradable. Like these are houses built by like a lot of biodegradable stuff or a lot of um trash like tires and things of that nature but i did a lot of research where like uh like after researching the earthships a lot of people that buy these don't really enjoy them at all and they're pretty expensive to get built because they're all custom made and none of them when you uh when you do the research 
you find out that a lot of these houses aren't built with the ideal of the the area. They're really built the way that people want them to be built, but they're not built in a way that that factors in like as an architect and as uh, someone that understands the environment. They're not built in a way to maximize the the region. So I don't want to make that kind of mistake. I really want a, a division between the earthships and this type of home. Like I want it to be a modern home, but with with sustainable resources and in a built in a way that maximizes the resources in the region where it's going to be built in. So again, I'm going to have to do a lot of research on that. And who knows, maybe Washington or Oregon state will, will be fine. Maybe this is a, a fluke. Maybe it's going to get better. Honestly, I don't think so though, as, as the climate's getting hotter. And anyways, I wouldn't mind living in Canada, to be honest. I don't think my wife would either. I, you know, I like I like the I like the Canadians. Uh, I love going out there in Canada. I've got a lot of Can- uh, Canadian friends, and I have some family that actually lives out of Toronto, and I I love it out there. I think the people are nicer, and um, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get a lot of hate as an American for saying stuff like that, but I mean, you know, whatever. Like the the climate that this this country's in right now, it I, I'm not proud to be an American at the moment. Uh, I feel like we're we're dropping the ball in a lot of areas. There's a lot of corruption. There's a lot, and, and people are just accepting it. There's a lot of uh, income inequality, a lot of um, racial injustices. There's just a lot of like it's a lot of like selfishness in our society. It's a lot of like, I don't care for the average person. I don't care for other people. I don't like that mentality. It's like, but that's part of capitalism, right? The idea of like making your own wealth, doing whatever it takes to try to, to be able to retire and, 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 and feed your, your family. I, I really want a community. I would love to like buy a big, massive plot of land and have like my family, my best friend, and like a lot of people that are close to us to live in this area. And that's it. That's all I care about is these people. I could care less about meeting anyone else. And I've slowly grown into this ideology. Like I, I can't believe I, I'm even saying that, but I think it was after, especially after having my daughter, I really want to have a good community. I, I, I don't like this idea that I can't trust um, the next stranger I meet because I don't know if they have an agenda and I don't know what they're going to do. And so I'd rather be around people that are caring and loving and, and, and we're all in it together. But, you know, those are my two cents. But anyways, I think we're going to end it on that note. Uh, this has been a, a fun live podcast. It was great. We had some interactions. Uh, James, thank you so much for coming in. Wifey, I love you. Thank you for, uh, for watching. And uh, my brother-in-law, Danu, <laughs> thank you for watching as well. Um. A lot of projects in the works, a lot of things to think about. Kansas City Chiefs fan, that was fun to announce. Man, I really would have been sad. Just out of curiosity, let's see what it would have landed on if I did another. Wow. It would have been another Raiders one. Glad that that did not happen. (laughs) But anyways, it was cool to go over analytics with you guys. It was cool to go over a lot of stuff. And uh, look at that. In less than a week, I already want to leave van life and go to living in a self-sustainable home. Let's see how long I can live on that or live on that idea before that changes. Either who, thank you guys so much for tuning into this podcast. And I look forward to doing more of these live podcasts. Catch you guys mañana. Peace.